Hello, dear listeners. This is your host, Oshaye. Thank you so much for all of your support thus far. This podcast has grown so much in just a few short months. We are absolutely awed and humbled at the response, and it is always a delight to read from you about the impact we are having. Please do keep them coming. And now, we are down to the last two guests for our first season. As we prepare to wrap up the season, I have a favor to ask. Would like your feedback to help us in our plans for the second season. What did you like? What didn't you like? What would you like us to start doing, stop doing, or even continue doing? To get your responses, we've created a simple form. Please, Check the show notes of this episode for the link and our social media pages at Origins AF on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can simply type bit.ly, B for banana, I for interview, C for tangerine, bit.ly slash Origins Africa podcast feedback. Origins is with an S. So bit.ly slash Origins Africa podcast feedback right now to access the form. We are also considering starting a newsletter, which would include the transcripts of each episode and perhaps also three things I learned from each guest interview. If it's something you'd like, please let us know on the same feedback form and also share your thoughts with us on some of the things you'd like us to consider for the newsletter or any other ideas generally. I look forward to receiving your responses. The link again is bit.ly slash Origins Africa podcast feedback. Thank you once again for staying on this ride with us. Enjoy. And by the end of 2009, I was told to leave that same organization because of my political naivety. So that moment when I got the news was a moment of confusion, a moment of alone in this world, when there was going on. How could this have happened to me? I was carrying on as a star um, before the merger, after the merger, and all that. But yeah. My political awareness cost me my career at that time. My father told me life is not a bit this is Origins Africa podcast, where we explore the origin stories of people who have made and are making their dreams come true, asking the what, the when, the how, and the why. I'm Oshaye, and on this episode, the concluding part of our chat with Yemi Fashion, YF as is fondly called, we talk about how Yemi's political naivete cost him his job. We also explore his general life lessons and advice for a successful HR career. Yemi is a senior human resources executive and the current head of HR at Globalcom Nigeria. On the last episode, we explored Yemi's desire to be successful, driven by a great fear of failure, and his journey to Lagos in pursuit of his dreams after completing his MBA program. My house in Ibadan is somewhere along that expressway, but I left Ilori with a single-minded focus at the Good Lagos. 
I remember that it was late, it was raining, but I just moved past that house in Ibadan. I just faced Lagos. At some point, because it was late, I mean, there was a, there's a way you could actually, if it was during the day, you could see my house. If you're stretching in a car or a bus, you could see my house on the expressway. But I met, is it metaphorically or symbolically, actually said goodbye as I passed that point where I could see the house. But I couldn't say it. I symbolically actually say, hey guys, see you, I'll see you later. Almost like just saying, guys, hey, I'm going for my dreams. Yeah, that's how I came to Lagos on my own. The only thing I came with were my credentials and my dreams, nothing else. We also explored his early career years and sales. His move to Arthur Anderson, where he had his first HR experience through to his first head of HR experience at Stambik Bank, where his political naivete cost him his job. Mm. It was fun. It was fun. But I was, um, after a while, sometime in the course of the job, I was a bit politically naive. And um, yeah, the fun stopped. That particular period was a confusing moment for Yemi. It was a moment when he felt most alone. It was a learning point. I joined an organization in March. By December of that year, okay, let me let me take one or two steps backwards so that you understand where I'm coming from. I joined in March as a senior manager on a Monday. I think it was March 12 of 2007 was a Monday. Three days later, I was promoted to AGM, three days. Because I wanted an AGM role originally, but I was given senior manager. But three days later, the head of HR called me and said that the MD had approved. So really, I got promoted in three days. That year, because of the merger that was about to happen, um, we we were giving people, about 10% of the workforce, people we thought were very relevant to the organization, we were giving them retention bonuses, telling them, do not leave the organization, and we were paying them to stay with the organization. So what I meant was that if your salary was 10 million, we gave you 10 million check to say, hey, sign with us to stay for another three years um, in this organization. I wasn't part of the first group of people in April, May, because I just joined the organization. No value to, to rely on for me to be in that category. But December of that year, I actually got into that mode and I got my full salary as a retention bonus. That was the end of 2007. By 2008, February, March, I was promoted to DGM. And my salary was increased by 50%. And then the end of 2008, I was told to leave the organization. Or 2009. I think it was 2009. By the end of 2009, I was told to leave that same organization because of my political naivety. So that moment when I got the news was a moment of confusion, a moment of alone in this world, whether what's going on, how could this have happened to me? I was carrying on as a star um, before the merger, after the merger, another. But yeah, my political awareness cost me my career at that time. So if there, were, if there was any moment at all where I was thinking, why me, why now, oh God, <laughs> it was at that moment. But again, with what we know today, once yeah. the doors are connected backwards, everything makes sense. What would you say helped you through that period? The books that I'd read, and I was still reading, gave me some sort of comfort to know that, yeah, it will happen. 
um, another opportunity will come, another. So it gave me some sort of some sort of calmness. As a matter of fact, when I was leaving, my boss then called me and asked me how I was able to live through it with such calmness. I remember that we had that conversation. How I was able to live through it with that with such calmness. But hey, um, bad things don't happen to bad people <coughs> only. The rain that fell just now fell on everybody. It is how we respond rather than how we react to circumstances. So the fun stopped for Yemi at Stambik. He left and... And I got a call sometime in 2002 from KPMG. You know, Afghanistan had now transited. Yeah. To, yeah. So, you know, I left, I left Afghanistan in 2002. Okay. But they had transited into first Anderson, then... KPMG. I got a call in 2010. So after three years at uh, Stambi, got a call from KPMG that there was an opportunity. The same department that I left behind, executive selection and training. Somebody in that organization called me. Um, her name is um, As- As- Bolani Asuma. She- she's at McKinsey now as an HR director. Bolani called me and positioned the opportunity at Etisalach with me. And I'm like, okay. But then he said, oh, we're looking for a senior HR person for Etisalach. Am I interested? I'm like, sure, why not? Let's see. And then we started the conversation and I joined Etisalach in May 2010. But this wasn't head of HR role. No, no, it wasn't a head of HR it was a It was a senior manager role that was to transit into a director role. Okay. Right? That was the positioning. It was to transit into a director role. But I'm like, I mean, okay, again, I'm not clear about titles. Um, I'm not really clear about titles. If the money adds up and the opportunities I'm looking for are, are there, sure, why not? My salary wasn't reduced. Um, so I wasn't too title crazy or level crazy, sincerely. Um, again, you also, also remember that the grading system will always be different from one sector to another. Sure, coming sure, from a bank, sure, sure. the system will be different from a bank to um, to a telco. So that was then the priority for me. Hey, this is an opportunity. I'd wanted to do telco. At some point, I tried to get into MTN. <clears throat> it didn't happen. This is an opportunity. at that seller now. Let's do it. And I did that for six years, but I played in three roles over a period of six years. One of the things that I should mention was that at times in our career, moving up might mean moving level or moving naturally. So when I took that role as Standard Chartered as Sales Manager on Secure Lending, it didn't come with a promotion. It was a lateral movement. But you know what? Like I said, everything just adds up ultimately. So at times, the way up might just be sideways. So Interesting. I, I yeah, so I joined Salah and um, I I spent two years in the first row. Got there was another row that was positioned with me. I'm like, sure, let's do it. I changed to that row. I'm not two years before I left. I moved back into the previous original row plus an additional row. So if you ask me how many how many years did you spend at Salah? I'll say six years, but I did three jobs. This was the longest you spent in an organization. That was the longest. That was the longest. Mm-hmm. And Salah was the longest. Um, at, at Salah was about two, four and a half years, I think. And Salah was the longest. Yeah. 
It was. Then after that, for me to survive. To Airbnb Quest. So, again, relationship always always good to build build great relationships. Um, I worked at Stamic IBGC with a guy called Ayo Ayo Dufuye. Ayo was not in HR; he was in banking operations. I think sales and then operations, and he wanted to join HR. By the time I was head of HR, there was no opportunity, but we kept looking to see if the opportunity was going to happen. But it didn't. But we we were we were. I wouldn't say we're friends, we're not that close, but we were, we're acquaintances, still talking and looking for opportunities. Eventually, I left Stambik IBTC, and it was actually after I left Stambik that the opportunity came for Ayo to join HR of Stambik IBTC. So Ayo had joined Stambik after I left IBTC. He had joined um, HR, but we stayed in touch. He, was, um, he, he wrote a book. I wrote the foreword for the book. While we were not working together, I was like, Father, it was at um, Airbnb Quest. Uh, sorry, it was at Stambik, rather. But I think after a while, in 2012, we got a job and moved to Airbnb Quest. But we stayed in touch. We were still talking, mentor mentee kind of relationship. You understand? Yes, I do. Are you with me? Yes, I am. Okay. okay. I did a. I did a. Um, a kind of career career session at his church and invited me to be a speaker. I went there. I did a kind of career thing in my church as well. I invited Ayo to come speak especially about the book that he wrote, We Obliged. So you can see that the relationship continued over a period of about six years, even after I left from 2010 to 2016. So sometime April or May of 2016, Ayo just calls me one day and says, ah, I mean, we are looking for head of HR at LBN Quest. Are you interested? I'm like, oh, okay, Ayo, you know that I left standing at the DGM. What is the grade you are looking at for this role? He said, ah, like a manager grade. I'm like, ah, Ayo, you don't know. Anyway, I'll send you my CV. Share my CV with your boss. Let's see what they talk right? That's what I did. And then Ayo shared the CV and I was invited for the interview, and we started the conversation. This was around April, May of 2016. By August, I got an offer as head of HR at LBN Quest, and by September 5, I joined LBN Quest. Okay, okay. And you were there for, I think, two to three years, and now at the three and a half years. I did three and a half years, from September 2016 to February. Well, effective April, let's say April, actually. April this year, and then I moved over to Govacom May 5 of this year. Interesting. So let's go back a bit to you talking about being restless after a while. When you say restless, do you, the job becomes boring? Are you looking no, for no, no, something, no. or what does restless mean? Restless just means that I probably, at times, would think I've done it all. Um, there are no fresh challenges. That is where restlessness sets in for me, when I don't get fresh challenges. So restlessness could also be around the environment, could be the culture, maybe some things that one is not happy with anymore. But restlessness just means I'm looking for something new, something else. In my in my experience, I'll be like, okay, what else? What next can I do? Um, 
almost like looking for the next <laughs> the next territory to conquer. Okay, okay. Now, from your story, I hear that most of your roles have been through relationships. Correct. And Absolutely. I know that. Oh, yeah. You you had mentioned that you're an introvert. So, how have you been able to build relationships even with your introversion, and even further to now become an HR thought leader? Okay, so that has been both deliberate and not deliberate. The relationship part of things. What has been intentional for me and deliberate is to say that for every individual that I meet in the journey of life, I will try to leave value behind in that relationship or interaction. That is always, always important to me. It might, I'm not always looking for what I want to gain out of the relationship. I possibly have an unwritten code to say, what can I give rather than what can I get? And how have I kept the relationship going? I think it's, it's also that uh, I actually don't know because I, do, I don't go to socials. Sincerely, like I said to you, um, again, I'm very active on social media. And even on social media, I always make sure that the impression, okay, I think that's, that's about it. I, I read very quickly because, again, one of the things that I did very well after school was reading books. I read, I read books. I read Zig Ziglar, Brand Tracy, um, Anthony Robbins. I read Stephen Covey. And I read John Maxwell. There's a book that I shared on Facebook yesterday that talked about um, your roadmap to success. I read, that, I read that book years ago. I mean, remember that I said that I was, I had a fear of failure. So any book that would point me to the direction of what to do to be successful, I read them like my life depended on those books. I'm not kidding. And one of the things I read quickly was about building great relationships. I'm building good relationships doesn't mean to see the people on a daily basis. Like I said, just leave value behind for every interaction. Let people be willing to want to see you again rather than, oh, what a horrible experience. I think, I think that that's added to my, to my um, sphere of, of my universe of relationships. The fact that one wants to be intentional about building good relationships. I know there's something about good products. If it is good, people will tell, one person will tell another person if it is good. If it is bad, one person will tell about a hundred people. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah I do. So I do. Be, be careful, therefore, how your product as an individual comes across because hey, people will always share the attributes of your product. Um, I have a network, the YF network. Somebody posted recently that every single one of us should consider ourselves as me incorporated, me Nigeria, be the best brand. If organizations are spending top dollars on a yearly basis to differentiate between Ovaltine and Bombita on the shelf, we must also be deliberate and intentional about how we come across as brands on the shelf because people are always looking if they're going to buy that brand from a relationship perspective. Okay. Suddenly, this, this year, let me just quickly say this, this year, 
by the time I came into February, March of this year, I was barely 30, about barely 30,000 followers on LinkedIn. Between then and now, I'm on about 71,000 followers. And I do not tell people to follow me. As a rule, I don't post or tag people so that I can generate traffic. I don't. But the point is, like I said, if, if people see value in the relationship that you offer, if they see content, if you build credibility over a period of time, if you're a student of process, then you will become authentic in whatever you do. Okay, okay. Now, picking up from your LinkedIn um, comment, I think you also, um, I think, how do I first this question? So recently, I don't know how far, maybe last year, I don't know. So you started being deliberate to push out content and to help HR people or to generate conversations about HR, I think. So let's put it this way. It was when I realized that people were quoting my content that I, that I said to myself, I didn't get to be careful. Honestly. Because again, I did not set out to be a thought leader. I'll say it again. I did not have any plans to be a thought leader in any field, HR or leadership. But I realized that as I was reaching out to more people, through my posts on LinkedIn, I was being quoted. And then I just said to myself, I needed to be careful, therefore, with what I share. That was it. Sincerely. It wasn't that I sat and said, oh, yeah, this brand, let's push it. In fact, the name YF that has become a brand now was not because I deliberately sat down with people and said, hey, what can we do? It was because people started calling me YF. Nothing that I deliberately did. So, because it, I, I realized it influenced my words and my content, the little I was doing at that time was having on people, I deliberately now started being careful of the content that I pushed out. I am also in about seven or eight WhatsApp groups. I am in about two or three uh, um, continent, Africa continent groups, leadership, HR, and all that. And I am therefore always pulling content from my conversations in different groups of times and put them up on my LinkedIn page. But usually I talk about I talk about my career memoirs, I talk about leadership and I talk about human resources. Okay. Which job would you say stretched you the most? Stretched? Hmm. Of all the jobs that I've done, I think it was Arthrodicine. Hmm. It was my role as Arthrodicine. It stretched me because I was new in that space. Remember? I was very new in that space. Um, I had not done anything HR admin or HR operations at all before then. I had also not been in consultancy like that before. And I and I had at the back of my mind the desire to succeed. So I I I was reading books, both technical books, HR another as well as profiles of success um getting a roadmap for myself another it stretched me because i wanted to succeed but so it wasn't a bad stretch but it was because yeah, you're in a new terrain you've got to learn the ropes okay okay and looking back on your journey now what key lessons have you learned 
what key lessons have I learned? Yes. Mm. And so many, and I try to always put them down in many of my many of my uh, quotes. So let's words. say top three. Uh, um, top three. If you're not in love with self development, you are cheating on yourself. If you're not in love with self development, you are cheating on yourself. Um, number two, as a student of process, I'll say that if you want to if you want to grow wide, first go deep. Because I see a lot of that lack in these days. Everybody wants to be an expert on social media without being deep. And I think the thought is to say that you cannot be authentic until you have become credible. You first have to be credible before you can become authentic. That's one now that is trending, something I posted yesterday, and I've seen it on about five to six people's pages on LinkedIn. And one or two persons on um, on Facebook this morning, and I just posted it this morning on my on my Facebook page. And what I said was, um, I want to read the verbatim because I have so many things upset. You cannot park in the lane of convenience and expect to arrive at the boulevard of greatness. Something must be interesting. Yeah. You cannot park in the lane of convenience and expect to arrive at the boulevard of greatness. Something must give. Like I said to you, I am a student of process. So many people do not, they tend to say that if you can see it, then you wake up, you can get it. I say, no, 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 you can see it, go work for it. Fashion is gonna work and then you can get it. It will take a process, yeah. What do you wish you had known or had when you were starting out? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> another, uh, let me, let me I'm, ser- I'm serious. Let me let me answer with another of my quotes. A bit popular as well. Right? When you connect the dots of life backwards, everything makes sense. It is only when you are connecting, when you are going through them right now, they might not make sense. But if you hold true certain universal principles of success, like focus, like action, take action, like um, adding value to yourself and to your ecosystem, like taking risks, like being like being um, adaptable when change happens, like being a brand and building your brand, investing in relationships, if you hold all those things constant, right, you will know that ultimately everything adds up. All the dots of life, once you connect them backwards, it just makes sense. Remember that I read English, right? Remember how I wanted to not be a teacher, yeah, but I went to the university to be a teacher. Remember mm-hmm. that today I speak a lot at conferences. I yeah. did 45 speaking engagements last year. This year now, I stopped deliberately to count by March. I said to myself, I wasn't going to do any in the first quarter of this year. By March, I had done about 10 online, mostly. So I stopped counting. Now, how many have I done now? I don't know. And I deliberately do not want to know. But the point is, I started by being a teacher. If you go through my LinkedIn page, I chronicled my first experience in front of those students. My hands were shaking badly. But you know what? Life knew I was coming to this point later, and life gave me that opportunity to start 
they experienced very, very early in 1992, or actually 1990, when I started my research. You see how things have added up from one to another. At times, when we're not going, when, we're, when things are not going according to plan, we need to change, we need to change focus, change, uh, look at the external environment. But really, ultimately, things just always add up. So when you say, what do I regret? What would I have loved to change? Sincerely, what would I, what should I have known earlier that I don't know? I don't know. I just don't have any regrets. Uh, can things get better? Could I do with more money? Um, would it have been nice if my first daughter had gotten married because I didn't have a child for the first six and a half years? But the point is, there were reasons why everything happened. And I always, always try to relate those things ultimately by connecting the dots. In just a moment, Yemi will be telling us some of his other key learning points, his blind sides, as well as advice for a successful HR career. Stay with us. I'm Oshaya, and you're listening to Origins Africa podcast. Hello, dear listener. As we prepare to wrap up this season, our very first, I have a favor to ask. Would like your feedback to help us in our plans for the next season. What did you like? What didn't you like? What would you like us to start doing, stop doing, or even continue doing? To get your response, we've created a simple form. Please check the show notes of this episode for the link and our social media pages at Origins AF on Twitter and Instagram. Or you can simply type bit.ly slash Origins Africa podcast feedback right now to access the form. B-I-T, B for bread, I for interview, and C for table. bit.ly slash Origins Africa podcast feedback. I look forward to receiving your response. Let's make a difference together, one origin story at a time. Thank you. Hi guys, welcome back to Origins Africa podcast. So, Aside political naivete, what were some of the other learning points for Yemi in the course of his journey? Self-development okay. is very key. If I wasn't developing myself, I've seen people not developing themselves and move from uh, hero to zero. Um, always be focused. Uh, the times I had lost focus at some point at Tequila almost cost me my job. Some personal things were happening to me and I lost focus a bit. At that time, almost cost my job. Learning points, I was not, um, my appointment was not confirmed because of, of those things and all that. So, the way, I, I would say, um, again, regrets or I think learning points, major learning points. In the course of your job in HR as head of HR, what were some of the tough decisions you had to make or the challenges you faced? Let, letting people go, people who are your friends. And how it's did you get always, through always that? Be difficult. Well, I mean, see, when you wait that process, once you approach that process with empathy and stating the rules, the rules of engagement with the affected individuals up front during that process, it's just a bit easier. Interesting, I've not made an enemy out of the process so far, except one issue that happened when I was at um, Etisala. The guy actually sent me a message recently on LinkedIn. 
can't remember his name. It appeared to us that he was holding he was holding two jobs at that time, the job we had started and the job from where he was coming. And he thought that we didn't give him enough time or opportunity to explain before um, ending his contract. But that's the, that's the reality. It's a tough job at times that we do in human resources, especially at the other end of the continuum. You know, the one end is to attract people into the organization. The other end is to let people go from the organization. But the truth is, hey, we have to do what we want, what we have to do. However, the empathy that we bring to that process, we always make the difference. Okay. What sacrifices or pains did you have to go through to get to where you are today? Well, I guess you're just speaking to my post of today. Um, because on LinkedIn, I said at the core of growth are three key elements, vision, risk, and sacrifice. So have I sacrificed some moments of enjoyment when I could also be having fun? But man, I was just focused on what I wanted to achieve. Maybe reading, maybe uh, getting more done uh, on my job. There were some moments, some moments. Were there moments where I could have spent more time with, excuse me, more time with family? Of course, there were, definitely. I mean, the, the good thing is because I'm not very social, I try to make it up by doing most of the things I do at home. So the kids have been part of the developmental processes, but I could have done with spending more time. This time, I mean, that's the, like I said, for the five conferences, those conferences took me out of the house almost every weekend. Almost every weekend. I could have spent more time with family, but hey, it's part of the sacrifice. But you know what? What gave me incredible joy was Father's Day, when my kids did a video for me, if you check my IG page, I posted it. There were two videos that I posted. The, the first one, they actually picked up my popular sayings and made it into a kind of video. Is it called collab? Are you serious? <laughs> it's on my it's on my IG page. I okay. I was it was my second daughter who's about ten, she'll be eleven next month, who spearheaded that. I didn't even know they had such skills to put pictures and watch together one single video. And then it was Father's Day and then she just bought her laptop and then she said that I want to show you something. I was totally, totally shocked. I was surprised. And she put that video together, including your popular sayings. I'm like, about two or three of them. I was totally surprised. So that means, yeah, one could have done more, but they also appreciate what we are doing in terms of impacting one's generation. What are some of your blind sides? My blind sides? Yeah. Hmm. When you say blind sides, I mean, in terms of what I could consider a weakness? Yeah, things that you're not too good at. What am I not too good at? <laughs> uh, I, I think I might not be too good at being patient with slow learners. Yeah. Okay. I might not be. I might not be too patient. I'm learning to be more and more patient, but I think that is one area I am still working on. Learning to be patient. I'm not the one who does school school work at home. Let me not lie. Okay, maybe because I can use the excuse of work. 
right? But again, I'm not <laughs> sure how I can sit with the kids and see them, and they don't get it and all that. So what I what I do, the little that I do is correct or do immediately. So if it's communication, for instance, and one of them makes a mistake, I do that correction immediately. But to say let's go through school books and no, that I don't understand. Okay, I could be maybe exasperated <laughs> through that process, and so maybe slow down as I work as well. People don't really get it. Maybe I need to have more patience to accommodate them. But I do try. I do try. What's the best advice you've gotten? Best advice I've gotten will be from my mom. When I wasn't focusing, and she would say, body, because she calls me body. At home, I'm body, but outside your home, I'm yummy. Nobody continues. Okay. And she says, and she says, I'll come back to the how I change my name. And she says, uh, body, continue. You meet your load on the on the pole. I.e., if you are Yoruba guy, right? <laughs> which is to say that, which is to say that whatever you cannot, whatever you cannot do and do well, you will meet the repercussions or the consequences later in the future. Those were our constant words, and they were guiding principles of life. Okay, you wanted to talk about the switching name quickly. <laughs> okay, so, so, I mean, I just, I just didn't think Body was a great name. So I mean, up till my primary school, I was, I was Body, and then I got to Loyola College, and I was going to fill my name, and I just made a switch instead of Ola Body Oluyemi Fashion, I changed it to Oluyemi Ola Body Fashion, and that was how the switch happened till today. So okay. if, if I'm around anywhere and anybody calls Body. And they're looking at me. That has to be somebody from home. It has to be family. Mm-hmm. Or somebody who knew me way before secondary school. But right right after then, I just became Yemi. What's one myth you want to debunk with regard to HR? We do not have the powers we claim to have. <laughs> okay. The power, the power to fire and hire does not actually lie within HR. It lies with line managers. But they've given but we've arrogated those powers to ourselves over the years. And line managers have not taken those responsibilities and therefore the power is sitting within the space of HR. <laughs> but the power to really hire somebody into your team stays with you. I will work with you through the process to get the right candidate, but you retain the responsibility and accountability or whoever joins your team. So when they say HR is higher and fire, it is a myth. Okay. If you were a type of food, what would you be? Amala and Abula. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's one food you wish didn't exist? None. I'm a foodie, so I eat anything. Okay. I'm a foodie. I'm a foodie, so I eat a lot. I eat anything. Looking backwards, how has Yemi changed or evolved? Um, I, I think I have evolved from, I'm still evolving, but my evolution has been, has been sequential. Honestly, I think it's been from one one road to another, one organization to another, and therefore I have, okay, let me give you an example. It probably will shock you to know that I did not climb a stage 
to start speaking until about three years ago. Mm, I was exactly. People don't believe it. I mean, I've been working for about 20, let's say, let's say after um, MBA 25 years. And I have only, <clears throat> despite all the, all the, um, despite the extent to which the brand is now known beyond the shores of Nigeria, I started speaking only about December of 2016, I think. Yeah, 2016 or 2017 was when I started speaking. Was that the HR so that post the event? No, it wasn't. It was um, for me, HR Madame. For me, Buckner. It was okay. an event okay. somewhere. It was, um, I, I, I have the the banner somewhere. I'll use it as, uh, maybe tomorrow, I'll use it as um, Throwback Thursday. Okay. I told her to send it to me sometime recently. Um. I'm trying to actually look for you as I speak to you. Don't mind. I multitask a lot. <laughs> I do that a lot. So, yeah, I do. Uh, for me, but no. Because people might just think, oh, we've been at this thing for a long time. No, we haven't, actually. Okay, so the year is not there. Or it was 16 November. I'm not sure if it was 2016. I'll ask for me so that I can just be sure. So that has been the evolution from seemingly unknown Yemi fashion to... Now, why I've been quoted all over the place. So that's been, the, that's been the evolution. But it wasn't also a targeted, deliberate attempt. We were just building experience. We were building relationships. We were also throwing out content. After a while, people could relate with my content. And then they could relate with my brand and realize that, oh, yeah, we need to be careful about the things we say. And we're now deliberate about the things we put out. But yeah, content is driving the um, personality that you see today. Okay. What are top three skills you would say are required to be a successful HR practitioner in Nigeria? Um, hmm. You've got to, you've got to <laughs> know that HR is not for nice people. <laughs> HR is actually not for nice people. It's not about being nice to everyone that makes you successful as an HR person. HR is, to a very large extent, being assertive because our job is not to make people happy. Otherwise, we should just go and be selling ice cream. But our job is to, to be fair to everyone. Once we say this is what the organization will do, then that's what the organization should do. So our job is not to make everyone happy. Our job is to be empathetic, though, so there's a, there's a fine balance that we need to strike between being nice and being empathetic. And also, understanding the business that we support has become a major critical success factor for HR practitioners. You can't support successfully a business that you do not know. And it's not enough to just know a bit of the business. You must know the business of the business like the business speed. That is one key area where HR uh, must focus in today's world so that we can even at some point start seeing HR people moving into business positions. And that is because of the thorough understanding of the business that we must have. Okay, okay. That's two though. One, HR is not for nice people to understand the business yeah. remains one, any other one. 
uh, empathy, empathy. Alicia, oh, okay. You need to okay. be empathetic. Empathetic. Okay. Again, because of policies, because of policies that we say this is the policy, but then we have a situation that is totally um, out of policy or practice or requires empathy, then we must listen, engage, and see possibilities. How can HR heads handle difficult CEOs? Difficult CEOs, because most often than not, I think heads of HRs, they report to the CEOs, and yeah. CEOs aren't always the best managers or the best leaders of their direct reports. Yeah. So, what's so, your advice? Uh, okay, so every CEO is also different. I mean, there are several articles and books on managing your boss. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think the best way, the first thing that we need to do is to be on top of our own game. Be on top of our job. We do not, once we don't have excuses about the job that we are contracted to do, then that relationship should, to a large, to a large extent, be good. When we have found one thing in terms of our own deliverables, we will struggle. So number one, not be found wanting in our own core function. Number two, we need to be close to the CEO to know what keeps him awake at night. Because we can't assume that our priorities in HR should be the priorities of the business, right? Again, that's part of relationship building. Understand that the priorities of the business is a priority of HR and not the other way around. I mean, somebody, I was somewhere yesterday, somebody asked me a question. I think I was giving a, uh, a training online. Somebody said, but why is it that when I have an idea and this idea is great, I present it and then you can see that it can work in the organization, but then it gets shut down. I'm like, because you started the idea from your mind and you ended it in your mind. You've got to run the idea by the business and your major stakeholders. So we need to understand what keeps them awake at night, what the top priorities, apart from understanding the business itself, we also need to understand the top priorities of the business drivers from the CEO and other members of Exco. What's your advice now to youths out there, maybe aspiring HR professionals, people who are yet to leave their dreams or confused? What's your advice to them? Process, 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 process. It will take time. It will take time. But it starts with having a focus, what you want to do, spending time in the future. Uh, don't be too carried away by the distractions of the present to stop you from having, from spending time in the future. You need to have an idea of the picture of the future. Um, value, the marketplace does not pay for time, doesn't pay for your appearance, it pays for your value. Yes, sure, but more importantly, value up. Um, continue to self-develop. Do not wait for organizations to send you on training before you send yourself on training or before you train yourself. If you are not in love with self-development, you are cheating on yourself. So self-development, nobody can get it wrong. Nobody can get it wrong with self-development. Okay. Um, what else? I think um, 
yeah, remember I mentioned the fact that you're a brand. Yes. Brand. That's also very important. Communication. Mm. Communication skills. Communication is so, so, so important. Tidy your communication. Tidy is also important as well. When you say tidy your communication, what does that mean? As in, don't, don't, don't come to an interview or present a report and say, those who knows me, knows that I'm very good. I always <laughs> okay, <that>. got it. <laughs> Tidy okay. your communication in your report. When you're looking for a job or you're already working, unfortunately, impressions last. So okay. always know that you might not have a first, you might not have a second uh, opportunity to make a first impression. But even if you do make a mistake, uh, get back up, I guess. Absolutely. Um, the fact, the reason why people don't try again or to try at all is because they have failed or other people have failed. The good news is that if you have failed, congratulations, you have learned how not to do it. So fail forward. Don't fail and get stuck in the rut. Fail, fail forward. But when you fail forward is when you take the lessons with it. Okay. Would you ascribe your achievements to luck? Or to your hard work and no. skills and talents? None of the above. I was expecting that. You would ascribe it to Grace. <laughs> Absolutely. Then you're getting to know me. <laughs> so what's the no difference between serious. Grace and Luck? Grace and Luck. Uh, luck is thinking, I mean, okay, let me put it this way. Why do you think you are, you are, why should you be good that you should be lucky? What did you say? See, don't don't get don't. I said, why should it be you that should be lucky? Don't get it wrong. We've got to put in the hard work. You know, I've said it before. We've got to put in the hard work. Yeah, but even it is even grace that allows us to put in the hard work. That's that's my position with it. It is even grace that allows us. I mean, hey, how, how did you wake up this morning? Oh yeah, I set my alarm. Put the alarm beside the dead body. Does that um, example make sense to you? Yeah, it does. It does. So when did you wake up? Oh, I woke up at five. When my alarm woke up, when my alarm went off. Let's put the same alarm besides um, somebody who's dead. With the alarm, wake the person up. You see what I mean? So I, I absolutely nothing will be ascribed to me. I take credits. I take no credits at all for anything I've been able to achieve or done. But honestly. That's a huge, that's a huge, if not everything, part of grace in all that I am or all that I've become. Okay. If you're in my shoes, what would you ask yourself that I haven't asked you yet? Nothing, man. And I've never been this drilled before in my life. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. No, I'm saying it with a smile, so don't worry. Who would you like me to interview uh, next? Um, try Usen. Usen Udo. Usen is, he works with Dangote. That's Yemi Fashion, fondly called YF. He's a senior human resources executive and the current head of HR at Globalcom Nigeria, a telecommunications company. Thank you for listening to our show this week. If you liked it, do leave us a review, a comment, and share with your friends. 
tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend and to tell another friend. We would also love to read from you. So please do send us a tweet or leave a comment on Instagram at OriginsAF. You can also write to us at OriginsAfricaPodcast at gmail.com. Remember, do subscribe at wherever you get your podcast. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, amongst others. Join us next time as we have a chat with our final guest for this season, Bola Lawson and Debbie Lawson, co-directors of Fastest Foods and Confectionery Limited. At that time, he told me, he said, ah, Debbie, you can sell these cookies. Ah, I looked at him with my engineering, with this sleepless night, you know, studying hard. In fact, I must confess, I rejected it. And you know, a lot of times they say that, you know, then we had this, uh, when angels pass, when you say a negative word, and angels will pass, and just stamping. So I always say that I thank God that that day, <laughs> did the angels pass? No angel passed because I rejected the facts. I said, ah, no, 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 no. Our sound producer this week was Tumisha Jani, and the theme song was composed by Just Ritimi. I'm Oshaya, and you've been listening to Origins Africa podcast. Bye for now. My father told me life is not a bed of roses. You gotta put your way to the plant, do the work to smell the roses. Don't back down. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, don't back down. When things get tight, keep the drive, keep the faith, stay in. Yeah, the tales of those before you Let this story sport it fit you